Hey everybody, this is Jeremy with the Manor Park Podcast. This podcast covers rape and pedophilia cases, as well as highlight organizations that make it their mission in this world to fight for children. I appreciate you clicking on to my podcast and listening to these episodes. I also have survivor interviews that I share as well, which can be very graphic and heavy. But it's much needed to be heard in this day and age. Because, like a lot of people, I myself was not aware of how troubling and how deep this issue really was. Until I started hearing survivors and listening to the heinous and horrific things they went through. So thank you for clicking on this podcast and listening to these stories. While I know they're deep and disturbing, we need to know what goes on with the victims and survivors and what they went through. So that we can try to identify the problem. And then we can figure out how to solve the problem. My podcast is not for the light of heart. It's not for the faint hearted at all. It's not for anybody with a weak stomach. These stories will change you mentally. They will make you question your faith. They will make you wonder. Why is it that the systems that are in place. Do not protect children. And do not give justice to survivors. And that's what I want it to do. I want it to make you think. I want it to make you go and be curious enough to do the research as well. And to go out there and seek the answers and find the truth to all of this. Because somebody has to. I myself is just a man who was tired of seeing these babies being harmed. And from there, it grew. And I found out so many different traumas that I never knew existed. So thank you for joining me on this journey. Thank you for clicking on this episode. Thank you for supporting me. It does mean a lot, and it's much appreciated. And I'm glad to know that since I've started this journey, there are so many individuals out there that care about protecting children and helping survivors like I do. With that, here's the latest episode. Warning. The cases that I talk about here are under the assumption that the individuals that are accused allegedly committed these crimes unless they have been convicted in court for the tri- for the crimes that they have been charged with. This is by no means me making any kind of accusations whatsoever. I am simply commenting on news articles and stories that have been shared with me through individuals who may or may not have experienced these said stories. This is not fact. This is purely my opinion unless they have been through court and they have been convicted please understand that moving forward thank you trigger warning the podcast you're about to listen to may contain sexual and violent acts committed against men women and children if such acts offend you in any way please do not listen any further this podcast was made for an audience of 18 years and older and contains mature and explicit content. Also, this podcast may also contain a high level of profanity and explicit language. If such things offend you in any way, shape, or form, please do not listen to the podcast any further. This is your last trigger warning. If anything that I mentioned above offend you please do not listen thank you hey everybody this is jeremy with the man apart podcast this is going to be episode 51 titled tiny hero martin cobb
So the other day I was tagged in a video about Martin Cobb on TikTok. And I saw a quick little snippet of it, of the story, and I wanted to look into it a little further. Now can you imagine y'all being eight years old? You're taught all your life to protect women, protect the ladies. Like that's what's bred into you. Even though you might grow up in a, in a life where there's a lot of turmoil, where there's a lot of violence going on all around you, you're taught, no matter what, protect the ladies. That's what your mother teaches you. That's what your sisters teach you. And you learn that. Imagine, if you will, being put into a situation where what you're taught now has to go into action. That's what happened to Martin Cobb. This little eight-year-old hero, king, just a man apart in my opinion, was put in a situation. So Martin had a had an older sister, a couple years older than him. She was 12. He was eight at the time. And they were in their backyard or close to their backyard when 16-year-old Maurice Washington, Maurice Washington walks up on him and starts interacting with him. And I guess they go and walk toward the directions of a, of a railroad track close to their house. What happened afterwards was that Maurice was trying to rape Martin's older sister, a 12-year-old, mind y'all. And when she said no, he started strangling her. So Martin, being taught all his life to protect the ladies, to defend the women in his life, goes and tries to basically fight off a boy who was twice his age. Fight off a teenager twice his age. Almost a legal man. And... In the midst of strangling this 12-year-old girl, he stops, focuses on, on Martin, and beats him to death. In the reports I found, either he took a rock or a, or a brick of some kind. I'm assuming because they're by the railroad tracks. There's a lot. There's a, what y'all might not know is that when I was a dump truck driver, I used to do jobs for the railroad companies, right? And whenever they were laying down railroad track or, you know, re refixing, I guess replacing railroad tracks, they would also replace the rocks. Sometimes you'll see a lot of gravel, you know, underneath the tracks and everything like that, where the supports are. And you'll see, sometimes you'll see gravel, sometimes you'll see big, huge rocks, right? All different sizes. They call those rocks riprap. Some of them come in you know, uh, one pound, five pound, eight pound sizes. So more than likely he took a riprap rock and he beat Martin Cobb to death with it. Brutally, savagely, heinously. And then 
his sister, I guess she couldn't walk. Because the reports say that he carried her back to the house. While Martin was laying there at the tracks, dead. And he told his sister, he said, see what you made me do? All you had to do was just give me a kiss. And then ran the opposite direction. And he ran like a coward. Like a fucking coward. A 16-year-old. Trying to rape a 12-year-old. Beating to death an 8-year-old. Not off to a good start in life, is he? So, obviously this story got a lot of attention. It was spread out all through Virginia and through the other states and eventually made its way somewhat across the country, at least in the South, I believe. I don't remember seeing this on national on the national news stage at all uh, back in 2014 when this happened. Then again, I was working. I was busy. You know, you don't pay attention to the news a whole lot. I, I don't know. But this one really hit to me because so many of us get taught as young men to defend the women around us. Can you imagine at eight years old fighting for your life? Not only for your life, but to protect your sister from being raped. And dying in the process of it. Being killed, I should say, in the process of it. Brutally killed. Eight years old, y'all. Eight years old. Being killed for defending your sister from a rape. This baby didn't even get a chance to even spread his wings and enjoy life. And he was already defending his sister from a rape. Fucking hero in my opinion. Big hero in my opinion. King in my opinion. Eventually. Detectives caught up to Maurice Washington. Found him. They also had DNA evidence on the shirt that Maurice was wearing during the time of the murder. And they tried to make a plea deal with him at first. He backed out because I guess he thought the sister wasn't going to testify. And then eventually they worked with her. Then now look, from what, the pro from what I saw, the prosecutors didn't want the 12-year-old to go on the stand, right? It was a very heinous thing to witness, an attempted rape, you know, being strangled, and then watching your brother being killed. Uh, can take a toll on anybody. Can take a toll on an adult, much less a 12-year-old girl. And so it, it was very, that had to be a very, very, just mentally exhausting and overwhelming ex experience and feeling to have to try to prepare yourself to go through something like that. To look at the man who killed your little brother and tried to rape you. Ain't no, you know, there's no telling what kind of connections he might have had into the, in his community where, you know, if he had friends that were trying to, you know, intimidate her or anything like that to get her to, to be quiet or be silent. But with the DNA evidence that they had, 
with all the facts that they gathered from the case, they had enough to convict Maurice Washington. Now, because of his age at the time, the possibility of getting life in prison was very low because he was still considered a minor. He was still considered, you know, underage. However, they gave him a plea deal. They said 40 years with 10 suspended, meaning in 30 years he'd get out of prison and still have to, you know, not break any laws, not be a fucking asshole when he got out from 10 more years after that. So at 17, he'd go to prison. 47, he'll be out. He's already served eight years of his sentence so far. So, 22 more years from now, y'all. And Martin Cobb never got to experience his life. And I agree with the family on this sentiment. Doesn't feel like real justice. Just doesn't. But at least it's something. And I have to admit that. I think they should have went for life. I think they could have gotten life. Because, uh... How the fuck do you rehabilitate somebody like that from such an early age? How do you think prison is going to rehabilitate somebody like that? Imagine it. His life's not going to be good. All right. Once they know his story, because if his story was posted all over through Virginia and everything like that, and he goes to one of those correctional facilities in Virginia, those convicts are going to know what he did. It's not like they can't find out. He's going to live his life in fear. Imagine trying to rape a 12-year-old and killing an 8-year-old boy. Uh, you're you're already a child rapist and a child murderer. That's a double no-no in prison. And um, I was telling somebody the other day the likely outcomes of somebody like that, right? So in prison, everybody thinks that justice inmates... Are, I'm sorry... Inmate justice or convict justice happens all the time. It don't. A couple reasons why. One, um, not everybody is a killer. Not everybody that's locked up in prison is a fucking killer. They don't have it in them. Not them will act hard and say they do, but a lot don't. Two, depends on what prison he gets sent to. And what yard, what compound he's on, things like that. Those things matter. Because if he goes to a little sex offender camp for the rest of his life, which, by the severity of his charges, how heinous that is, the murder charge, I don't think he'll be at a camp. He'll probably be more li likely at a penitentiary somewhere. But even still, they have little uh, segregated areas. For little chomos and baby rapers and baby kidler, you know, baby diddlers and baby killers and stuff like that, so they can protect them. And I'll get to why they protect them in just a moment. That's a possibility. Another possibility is they'll extort him. They'll make sure that if his if he's got family sending him money, that Maurice is going to be starving his ass off. But he's going to be paying them gangs not to kill them. That's just how it goes. Now, they'll beat the fuck out of them every day. Don't get me wrong. 
It'll be it'll be it'll be horrible. It'll be horrible for him. I ain't gonna say it's horrible. I not think he deserves more, but hey, fuck it. If a bunch of convicts wanna beat the shit out of him every fucking day, take whatever money he's got. You know, I don't really agree with that because you're actually protecting a, a fucking pedophile. But you are making his life a living fucking hell and it's worse than death. Because he has to endure that every single day. Live in fear every single day. Knowing that he's not safe from any kind of harm every single fucking day. And that they're going to make sure he stays alive to experience it every single day. However, they make sure that nobody tries to kill him. So that he can live that all the time. Until his money runs out. Once his money runs out, well... The term air hole comes to mind. And if you don't know how to air hole something, well, you might want to look that up. Let's just say it involves pointy objects and puncturing a bunch of holes. I'll leave it at that. Any other option that could happen to him if it already hasn't happened to him? Inmates find out his charges, convicts find out his charges, and... They do what we know them to do best, and they kill them. That's a likely scenario. Now, they'll probably more than likely extort him. And so, unless he acts way out of line, like he does the most, you know, what they call chomo shit. You know, chomo is short for child molester in the prison, in case y'all don't know that. It's a prison term, prison slang. Unless he does chomo shit like watching cartoons and they know his charges or he make you know, he draws kitty porn or, you know, he does all kind of other different, you know, shit like that or, or talks about somebody's kids. Um if he doesn't if he doesn't cross those lines, they're not likely to kill him when they're extorting him. And that's probably what's gonna happen. Now they'll beat the shit out of him every every chance they get, you know. They're not gonna protect him from ass whoopings. They just won't. They'll just make sure that nobody kills them. That's it. That's what those gangs do. Because that's their that's their cash cow. That's their money. Now, I told y'all to hold on a second for when I made a point about the prisons being involved in all this, right? Why do the prisons segregate these fucking assholes? Why do they keep them safe? So I want to give y'all a good possible, you know, a good perspective on this. Prisons, for the most part now, a lot of them are being ran as privately owned businesses, right? They, they're they they're owned by these corporations and licensed through the Department of Corrections to be made for profit, for profit prisons. A lot of state prisons are being you know have been taken away, and they pass it on to these private companies. It's a business. They make money off of each prisoner. Each live prisoner is a money-making cash cow for them. What happens is, is that these, these pedophiles that get killed in prison, their families have the sheer fucking audacity to sue the prisons for not keeping their family members safe. And yeah, I say the audacity of it all. Because here's where I get pissed off at. Here's where I get fucking fired up. Your little fucking chomo family member decided to go and rape kids or rape somebody or harm somebody in a sexual fucking way. 
And because his ass got what was fucking much needed in life because you decided not to teach your fucking family member better or chastise them or whatever the fucking case may be. And you want to go boo-hoo, boo-hoo, little, you know, little bit, little, little Billy P.P. Toucher McGee decided to get fucking killed because an inmate who has kids saw that he was looking at his fucking kids' fucking pictures and shit and said, oh, they look good and kills that fucking chomo. You decide to go, oh, I'm going to sue the prison for not keeping little Billy P.P. Toucher safe. Well, you know what, sweetheart, buttercup, pumpkin, pudding pop, whatever you want to call your fucking selves. Fuck him. Fuck all them chomo motherfuckers. Alright? Flat the fuck out. Don't touch kids. Keep your hands to yourself. Those ought to be valuable fucking lessons. For any would-be predator, for any potential predator out there, don't touch other people's kids. Don't fucking touch other people without fucking consent. Don't touch other adults without consent is how I should explicitly express that. You're not supposed to touch kids in any kind of way, sexually, whatsoever. It's fucking rape. Not just molestation. It's fucking rape to a lot of us out here. And we will see that as fucking rape. It's not love. It's not fucking any kind of caring that you have for this individual. You are using those children for a fucking sexual gratification. They are nothing but objects to a lot of you pedophiles out there. And the audacity that your family members fucking sue the prisons because you got your ass put in a fucking situation and you got your ass put in a bond by touching somebody else's kid and then got killed for it. They have the gall and the audacity to sue the fucking prisons. Alright, I'm going to calm back down. So, the prisons run a business model. And if they go out of business, they can't house the real monsters that are locked up in there. The ones who are fucking psychos that goes and kills little old ladies or, you know, just kill a guy walking down the street because he didn't say excuse me or looked at him wrong or just fucking XYZ of an answer, right? Those assholes need to be housed, though. Those assholes need to be stayed locked the fuck up. While I do believe there's other laws that, that are in place that people are locked up under, shouldn't be locked up under, let's face it, y'all. Your weed dealer, why the fuck are marijuana charges still a thing? Why the fuck are people that, that were dealing marijuana back in the 70s serving life fucking sentences? The war on drugs did not fucking work. And the fact of it is, we got guys who are in prison right now who served, you know, might have sold a pound of fucking weed and had to serve the rest of their fucking lives in jail. But yet, you know, Petey the pedophile gets to go and fucking rape kids, apparently. And then they give him a plea deal and early access out and everything of that sort of nature. And he gets out in less than five fucking years. You mean to tell me weed is more deadlier than fucking pedophilia? Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. How the fuck do we call ourselves a country of laws, justice, and order when shit like that happens? Well, you're just ignorant, Jeremy. You don't know what really goes on. Well, motherfucker, I know one thing, though. Selling weed is not as heinous as fucking raping a child, yet somebody can get life for weed, but fucking less than five years of raping a child? Fuck you. Fuck you, and fuck the high rock you stand on.
I fucking said it. I don't give a shit. It just perplexes me, right? It really perplexes me. So now, Maurice Washington is being protected by a system because of the fact is, is that some little fucking pedophile's family and a bunch of them got together and sued all these different prisons over time that now they have to charge it. At, if you attack a fucking pedophile in prison, let's just say you, you got five years, right? And you find out there's some tier three pedophile sex offender that comes into your, your cell block. Let's just say, for instance, and here's a, here's a, is a for instance in prison. If a pedophile is in your cell with you, right, is your cellie, and you find out that this is your cellmate, you have to, by the law of the jungle of convicts, right, the unwritten rules of convicts, you have to beat the fuck out of that asshole and then get them to get the fuck out of your cell. Move on to another uh, cell block or another complex somewhere. If you don't, the prisoners in there think that you are complicit with that or that you're okay, that you condone raping children. And because they're very much of anti-raping children, uh, they're going to beat the fuck out of you and take you for everything you got for the rest of your stay. They won't forget. Yeah, it's that bad. So what happens? You got five years left. You got a fucking chomo that's locked up in, in there with you. You have to beat the fuck out of them. Well, guess what happens now? You get charged with a fucking hate crime. Yeah. Beating up pedophiles is a hate crime in the prison system. Fifteen years minimum added on to your sentence. So that five years you was going to go home, you know, 20, 28, you was going to go home. Nah, partner. Nope. Add just add another add another fifteen more years of that, so it'll be twenty forty eight by the time you get the fuck home. I'm sorry twenty four I'm sorry twenty forty three my bad twenty forty three. You'll be going home then. Two but two decades in, right? Because you beat up a a chomo. And imagine this. You kill one. They'll give you life in prison. If you kill more than one, multiple ones, they could give you the death penalty in some states. Now imagine that. Imagine that. You're a prisoner and you kill a fucking heinous child rapist. You kill multiple child rapists and the government decides to go, you know what? You kill child rapists, they're a protected group of people in the prison system. We're going to kill you. What kind of fucking example are you setting with that? But that's what they do. So, I wanted to give you a little snippet of what it's like for that and why these pedophiles get special treatment. But anyway, back to Martin Cobb, though. So, Maurice takes the plea deal, pleads guilty, like I said. And, you know, the family, they, it was bittersweet for them, a lot of them. His aunt was like, you know what, this isn't real justice, but it's better than nothing. And this is the best we could hope for in this outcome. Like I say, I can understand that sentiment. 
I think they should have went for life. I think they could have gotten life due to the severity of the nature of the heinousness of the crimes. I also want to give a little background to Martin's life. And I'm not trying to drag nobody under the mud. I don't want nobody to think this or anything like that. But Martin didn't grow up with a very good childhood either. Um, they found documents, CPS and social workers and police reports and everything like that of the mother. And basically of the mother just beating the, uh, the little 12-year-old girl multiple times a couple years back prior to that incident right apparently the mother would get drunk would slap around you know slap the you know martin's older sister in the face a couple of times a bunch of times uh hollering yelling screaming apparently she has assault charges she had on her um failure to show up to what they call scan which is stop child abuse now she's supposed to go to go to these classes she missed three of them said she didn't have transportation yet they wrote on her bus card and everything scanned which meant that if the, they showed the bus driver that they didn't have to pay for transportation to the bus they also had daycare for all that um apparently she was a supposedly she was an alcoholic as well so that all you know kind of came into play with all these different issues so martin you know would see all that but at the same time his mama would be like protect the ladies marty protect the ladies protect the ladies that's your job as a man to protect the ladies and i thought about that right just reading that little part about his mom like what does she go through what what was going on with her life to get to that point right to get to the point of being drunk beating on your kids but yet still taking the time to teach your son to protect the ladies now look I don't condone what his mama did, but I'm not also here to bash on his mama at all either. You know, I think it was wrong beating on your kids, like getting drunk and beating on your kids. That's fucking wrong, too. Uh, apparently, uh, Martin and his sister wasn't living with their mom at the time, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And I could be. So, you know, more than likely somebody will correct me if I'm wrong on that. I think the aunt who was seen mostly in a lot of the news reports was the most involved in their lives was probably staying with them or staying with them after all this shit happened. But I mean, it was just like, can you imagine y'all growing up in an environment where the only thing you're taught to be good in this world is, is to protect the ladies, right? And you got a sister who's getting beat by, by your mama getting beat up on and probably told a whole bunch of shit. I mean, like, there was a report where this woman literally, the mother literally went into the room when this girl was sleeping and slapped her across the face and everything like that. Like, what the fuck? And it just makes me wonder, right? It just makes me wonder. This little boy didn't know a good home life for the most part. He died a hero. He did what a lot of us men say we're going to do. And failed to do so. A lot of times. But he truly did die a hero though. And I know I kind of went 
left field on some tangents in this episode and everything like that. I know I did. But I think it was important to know what, what happens in, in certain situations. And I'll tell you something else too. So after they had the trial and everything like that, they actually named a park after Martin out in Richmond, Virginia, in the south side. And if y'all don't know a lot about Richmond, Virginia, and what that area is like, south side area, there is a YouTube channel called Jay Williams Let's Live Life. He's a prison YouTuber. He's an ex-con uh, YouTuber who tells his prison stories. And he grew up in that area. He lives in the Richmond area as well. And it's not a... Not a place you want to go raise a family at. That's for damn sure. It's a very impoverished, uh, crime-ridden area. A lot of shit goes down on the south side of Richmond, Virginia. So, that's somebody to go look up as well. And I think I'll have his I'll have his YouTube channel in, in the description of the video for y'all, just so y'all can go check him out as well. I, look, Jay doesn't know me. I don't know. I, I don't know him personally. I just know his content. And. uh I learned a lot about prison, just what it's like for a convict through his stories as well. Very engaging, you know. It's he's get he's growing, getting his success in life and everything like that. He turned his life completely around, and I'm glad to see that he's you know growing and getting to where he's getting at in life now. So I can tell anybody just go show that guy some love if you want to. Uh, just go listen to his stories. They're very good. They're very, I'm going to say entertaining. Very informative. You learn something from his stories. <coughs> well, look, y'all. With that being said, I know this is kind of a shorter episode this week. Um, I'm going to be having some more interviews coming down the pipeline and everything as well. I got some good ones. I got to talk to some people. See what they're at. See what they want, how they want to schedule things out. Uh... I got at least three people that I need to line up for sure. And y'all, they're going to be some good-ass interviews. When I tell you they're going to be good, they're going to be fucking good. I know three of these people's stories. And holy shit, y'all. Buckle up, buttercup. Well, with that being said, look. If y'all are not a part of the uh, Facebook group, there is a Man Apart Podcast Facebook group. Please go join it. You know, chime in. Say, hey, how you doing? Join the group. I'll have a welcome post most of the time. I usually check once a day or once every couple of days. Once I see the, you know, the numbers increase. Give you a little welcome post and everything like that. It's just something that, that the Facebook does for its groups. And if you have any stories you want to share, you know, anything you want to add to the to the content and everything like that, that's along the lines of what we do. Please do. Please tag me. Let me know. I have no problem. Also, TikTok as well. Um, you know, I have a TikTok account, TikTok page. It's just called a Man Apart Podcast. Real easy to find. Y'all know my cover art. It'll be right there for y'all to see. So, anyway, like I said, I hope y'all are having a good day. I hope you can go and recognize that, that Martin Cobb was a king in my opinion and he was a fucking hero and he did what every man is taught 
or every good man, I should say, is taught to do in their lives. Is protect around those around them that they love. I know it was kind of a short episode, y'all, but I got some good ones lined up. Don't worry. If you haven't uh, checked it out, like I said, check out the TikToks. Check out the Facebook account. Go check out Jay Williams and go binge on some of his stories as well. Very entertaining stories. He has some entertaining ones, I will say. He has some funny ones. He has some serious ones. It's a mixed bag. But he's a good storyteller. He keeps you drawn in the whole time. And I, he's just good at it. You know, he's just damn good. And if you also don't know Real Life Real Crime at Woody Overton, that's the man who inspired me. So if you're new to this podcast, if you're new to this channel at all, or, or new to anything or my content whatsoever, real life, real crime, Woody Overton. He's a former detective out here in Livingston Parish, Louisiana, where I live at, telling his cop stories. And they keep you drawn in as well. So while you might be waiting for next week's episode, you might want to go check out some individuals that I listen to as well. See what I like, right? Anyway, y'all, just need y'all to remember. Be safe. Protect all children, even if they're not your own. The Bowman see. And the Bowman never forget. I love y'all. Bye.